We're back and we're still here. We're back and we're still here. <laughs> we're back. We're back. Uh, this is the, the Marble Forest Podcast. Holy shit. It's been a while. Uh, it has been almost... Three years? Almost three years. Uh, life happened. COVID happened. So much has changed. With us. With us. With everything in the world. With life. <laughs> like, I even have a new job now. From So do I. And neither of us are dating anyone. We're oh. both single. We are both single. <laughs> That's we, a change. Was I talking about getting married on the podcast? So the last epi- posted episode of this podcast, you had just set your wedding date oh, and you fuck. just paid the deposit on your wedding date. <laughs> well, here I am single. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was something that I, cause I just, I re-listened to the last episode that was posted. I've been re-listening to the first episodes. I started from the back. Mm. I started from the end. Yeah. So obviously a lot's happened, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're in a new studio. Yes. Jesse has moved us rooms in her home. And it's it's very cute. I actually really do like the podcast setup in this room. Yeah. I just need to get a frame for that because I want that to go right there. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Because now... I don't have any roommates, so I have repurposed all of the rooms in my house and uh, designed us a new studio, which hopefully in the future you guys would be able to see. Yes. Do we talk about that? We, we haven't talked about anything yet. This is, this is brand new. But do we talk about that right now? Why not? Why not? Here. So we're thinking about it's not going to be instant. No, in the future, sometime in the future, we're talking about um, recording us, recording our videos and posting those to YouTube and potentially live streaming us recording. Yes, on Twitch. On Twitch. So you would be able to join us most likely on Sunday nights. Most likely. We have to figure that out, obviously. But that is kind of the thought process right now. Mm -hmm. Our BFF Devin... Oh, yeah, Devin. Devin has moved. Away from us. She's um, so much closer than Mothman, though. She's so close to Mothman. Well, is she? Because <laughs> you're thinking know. the wrong state, probably. Uh, sh- I know it's the wrong state. It's but the she- west of the Virginias, not the Virginia, Virginia. <laughs> yeah, she lives in Virginia now. We miss her terribly every single day. She better listen to this. I will hunt you down, Devin, if you don't listen to this. I'll text her about it. I'll be like, hey, we're recording. You better listen to my podcast. <laughs> um, so we no longer have Devin here with us. And that's so sad. We're very sad about it. But we love her and we miss her. But yeah. she's she's out in Virginia with her boyfriend now. Living her best life. Living her Devin life. We will probably have our other friend, Steven, sit in on recordings with us. Yeah. You, um, know, you know what I just, <laughs> just came, popped into my brain? What's that? The person who does the sound is always named Stephen. It really is. Like MFM. Yeah. And, and MFM. And, and MFM. One podcast. <clears throat> no, but uh, it just reminds me of MFM. I haven't listened to them in so long, though. I'm, I haven't like, either. I'm really far behind. I'm behind on everything, to be honest. But you guys will love Stephen. Yeah. We love Steven. Uh, we do also have decided that he will be our announcer. Oh, Steven has got a great announcer voice, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> to be determined. <laughs> but yeah, so a lot of things are changing. You'll probably hear about it as things come out, as we start releasing episodes. And, you know, we're not going to get into every single topic today. Yeah. I think the one topic that we should get into today is Patreon. Yes, Patreon. That's a great topic to get into today. Because that is something that we are currently dedicated to We doing. are. So we have decided to um, officially open up our Patreon. Yep. So we're coming back. We're bringing back, pa- we're bringing, 
in Patreon. We haven't even had it yet. <laughs> we've, we've talked we've about it. We've had an account in Patreon. <laughs> we've talked about it, but we are talking about um, with Patreon right now, we're going to try to do two additional episodes, like shorter episodes a month. A month. Um, there's more to come on that too. Like we're thinking a lot of different ideas for this. So that would be a really good use of the tier system. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now it's just two, um, one story episodes additionally a month. Yes. Because we still don't want to overwhelm ourselves trying to come back to this. Cause like also the setup to start trying to come back has been a little ridiculous. We've been trying for a while to come back. We really have we've just life's gotten in the way i work crazy long days and so like when i get home i don't want to do anything (laughs) so yeah um so speaking of the fact that we have been trying to come back for a while the episode that you are about to listen to has been pre-recorded it is pre-recorded so this is an episode we wanted to release like a year ago? Yeah, we, we 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 thought about having a comeback about a year ago. Yeah, I think um, it was about a year ago. Maybe it was like May 21. Okay. Because that's that's the, the saved file. So like a year and a... No, that's about a year ago. Yeah. Sure. A year and a half? Yeah. A year and a half. So we've been trying to do this for a while. We're, we're committing to it now. We're committing to coming back. So... Yeah, if you have not noticed our Instagram... Um, I, I don't, I haven't been posting on Twitter or anything else, but Instagram, Facebook, I've been posting things. I made ourselves a link tree. Nice. Yes. We do have a link tree now. So much easier to find all of our stuff. So that is, uh, we'll still talk about everything at the end of the episode, but yes, but yeah, this episode is pre-recorded. This is new, this new intro. Yeah, we were replacing the intro because the intro was fresh off of COVID. Fresh off COVID. Oh, man, COVID. <laughs> like fresh off of, oh, my God, lockdown, everything's been terrible for a year, kind of like yeah, crap. And and we everyone was still wearing masks. And, and so we wanted to bring a more up-to-date version of this opener especially since how much everything has changed for us in the last year yeah year even but yeah so we wanted to bring in the new intro so this episode was pre-recorded everything is still fun in this episode (laughs) this episode we really liked the episode yeah we really did like the episode so this is why we are keeping it so i i hope you enjoy this episode Enjoy from past us. Woo. So we have the coin. The coin. You know, the coin that you know and love. So we're going to jive on in oh my God. for the first time since break. Oh, you, you're just like throwing it. it across the room. And it's Amber. Launched it. It bounced off chairs. It bo- bounced off of a chair and flew back over to me. Choosing you. Choosing me. So it's like, it's destiny. It is destiny. All right. So I went a little different for our first episode back. Yeah. A little bit different. I thought it would be fun to, you know, I don't think things start, I thought it would be fun, actually end up good, but like, I mean, it's going to be fun. It's usually like, you know, but you know what I mean. So like, you know, I like, I thought it'd be fun. You know, and it usually ends up to do that, and then, and then I found out it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I did think this would be fun, because okay. I was really, like, I kind of rabbit-holed reading these stories last night. So, I actually, the story I did have planned to tell you today, I was like... You scrapped it? I was. It's not scrapped. It's still there. However, this sounded more fun. Okay. So... I'm in. I'm going to do a few... Urban legends. A few. a few. Are they of a area? They're three urban legends. They're not of specific areas. They're just ones I found that I thought were entertaining. The first two are a little more lighthearted, not really spooky, just kind of weird. And I thought it was funny that they were urban legends. The last one is a little spookier. Okay. So I wanted to prep Should I you. shut the windows? It's still light outside, though. No, we're, we're good. It's still light outside. Shut the curtain. <laughs> so the first two are funny okay. and fun and weird. And the last one is creepy. 
like that one frogs. I'm, I had to literally like I had the last one prepped last night, but I was drinking and decided that I didn't want to scare myself. <laughs> so I put all the notes in there that I could and then I revised them this morning. Yeah. I over break, I watched a lot of ghost adventures and a lot of scariest places on earth. And so, like, you're probably going to eventually hear a lot of those stories. That's fine. A lot of the scariest places on earth. So, here we go. The first urban legend is about the baby train. The A baby train? The baby train. Is it... Just off the bat. Is it like a human centipede of babies? Oh, creepy. Ew. (laughs) Ew. Oh, wait, you said lighthearted. This was lighthearted, Jesse. What kind of lighthearted? I don't think that's lighthearted at all. Okay, so do I get another guess then? Yeah, go ahead. Um, It is... One of those little choo-choo trains that, like, they take around, like, parks and shit that kidnap children. That's not lighthearted <laughs> either. <laughs> um, okay. I'm surprised you didn't say, like, Thomas the Tank Engine, like a baby, like, show train, but... No. It is... Okay. Well, that's great. Let's tell you what it really is. My mind's too dark-sided for your light-sided stories. I love it. It's okay. The fir- It's only the first two that are kind of light-hearted. Kind of. Weird. Okay. So the baby train is an urban legend told in the United States, United Kingdom, and in Australia. Isn't All that right. so bizarre? And I've never heard of it before? Guess not. The uh, first- it has to be a human sent a baby. A <laughs> human sent a baby. So the legend first appeared in Christopher Morley's 1939 novel, Kitty Floyd, but there are many books that it appears in, including Bill Scott's um, sto- book. It's called The Long and Short and Tall, a collection of Australian... Of Australian? That's it? Of um, Australian, I think, urban legends. Oh, okay. The long, the short, and the tall. Yes. It's a, it's a very, like... Yeah, that's a long-ass legend. That <laughs> is a title that a dad would come up with. That is such a dad title. And it also appears in Jan Harold Brunvan's book. <laughs> this is my favorite name for a book I've ever heard. The Baby Train and Other Lusty Urban Legends. <laughs> so, why would you put Baby Train, Baby and let's, let's just let's just focus on Baby and Lusty. Okay. In the same sentence. All right, now hearing that title of that book, what do you think this is about? I don't know what it is. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. I'm going to tell you. Okay. So the legend tells of a story, the story of a little town on the coast. In one version, it's just, like a cute little cottage. Like a little just cottage town. Is it like one of those little... Co- okay, so let's paint a picture because, you know, we haven't painted a picture in a we really long time. It's been a really long, long time. So all of those like European movies where they're like on the coast, but like it's like a cliffed coast. Ooh, that's cute. And they're like in the middle, like they have like a little cottage and like there's nothing for miles and they're just on this fucking cliff. It's a... Yeah. And then there's like the only thing near them is the train tracks. That go off the cliff with the babies. Okay, sure. They fly. It's a flying train. It is a flying train. Run by babies. Run. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because, well, sorry, when I was thinking of coast, I thought of literally like an island. So like a train doesn't make sense on like a little island with a coast. (laughs) So of course the train is just going to derail off the edge of the island. Okay, but it's it's not um it's like on the edge of like Florida. I don't know. <laughs> it's not an island. It's in the Keys. So one version specifically mentions a vague town that's not too far from Sydney, Australia. In this town, the birth rate was 3 times the average of the rest of the country. So like people were just humping along. There was such a high birth rate. So it was just like the baby boomers, but cooler. Yeah, you know. This was unusual. Wait, I have a, I have a question. Sure. Is there Viagra leaking into the water? <laughs> no, but that would be amazing. That happened in Ireland. Really? <laughs> yes. That's hilarious. I want to know more about that. Okay. <laughs> so this was unusual, and the government sent someone out to the town to investigate the cause for the high birth rates. Okay. Oh, like, it's like that serious? They were like, what the 
fuck? It's like that serious. You're like, um, excuse me, why did you have so many kids? Bitch, why didn't I have so many kids? I mean, kids? I guess they're like, oh, we have to fund all these schools, a lot more kids. Well, excuse you. You know, who knows? I pay my taxes. The schools are funded that way. <laughs> well, this is Australia. I don't know how taxes work in Australia. When the official arrived, he found children look everywhere he looked. Uh, the local schools had temporary classrooms all over the place to, um, to fit them in, and they had a special maternity ward at the local hospital. When you say temporary schools, like temporary classrooms, don't you just think of the trailers that they stick in the parking oh, lot? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I literally, in the fourth grade, that was what my classroom was. Yeah. It was, like, off the side of the building, and you had to walk down this, like, ramp. Yeah, it was like an outdoor like deck ramp to get, and there was two out there, and we were in one. So imagine like little Amber walking down there in the fucking winter, who hates the fucking cold, and that was our classroom. Okay, it was actually really interesting to have a classroom like that, but you know. So the man was mystified. It didn't. The people didn't seem any different from other towns, and he couldn't understand why they had so many children. I just like sex. You know, and like, you know, I'm a good, I'm a good Catholic, you know, birth control's not really like my thing. Maybe. Maybe. But no. Okay. (laughs) I guess I mean, sort of. So after a few nights, the man finally figured out what the cause of the high birth rates was. It only took him a couple of days? Apparently. Wow. Lucky him. So in this particular town, it was right near the main railway line. And the train that delivered mail went right through the town. And when it would stop, it would blow its whistle. So the train came in roughly at 5 a.m., and since it was too early to get up and too late to go back to sleep, the adults had to find something else to do. (laughs) So couples had sex. (laughs) You know, I just like to fuck. Like, what's the issue here? I see. That's that's the only issue. That is the only issue. Then uh, they have good ass marriages going on right there. Yeah, and you know, it led to a very high birth rates and a mini baby boom. Yeah. What's the big deal? I just... I don't want babies, but other people do. The best part about this whole story is I'm reading all these creepy-ass urban legends, and I'm sitting there, and I was like, the baby train? That sounds creepy as fuck. And I clicked on it, and I was like, what the literal hell? How is this an urban legend? Sounds more like facts than legend, but... So, other versions of this myth vary, and sometimes it's in a small town in America or England, and one version tells that the noise is a foghorn and not a train whistle. Okay. So, that's, like, the baby train. It's a very short, weird, silly... (laughs) That's it? (laughs) That's it. That's the whole urban legend. All right. I told you, the first two are really lighthearted. Okay. They're very weird and just goofy. All right. The next story is one that circulated in the mid-1990s on the internet. Oh, okay. So So it's like one of those, like, if you don't pass this along, you'll die in 10 days? No. (laughs) Okay, I'm not going to tell you the title of this one. Okay. Because it literally gives the story away in the title. Okay. So the story goes that there was a freak accident that occurred at a circus during a circus act. Okay. The act involved a little person who would jump on a trampoline. Okay. I can't. (laughs) You can't laugh before you hit the punchline. Okay. The performer jumped sideways off the trampoline just as a nearby hippo began to yawn. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The performer landed in the hippo's yawning open mouth and was abruptly and accidentally swallowed whole by the hippo. Oh, swallowed whole. So he's still alive. He wasn't crushed. By the hippo's jaw. He was swallowed whole. This is like some Pinocchio shit. He got swallowed by the whale. I mean, it never tells me if he's dead or not, but he was swallowed. Okay. I'm going to, I'm just going to assume that he is still alive in said hippo. Okay. Like Pinocchio. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Um, so the audience also assumed that. Oh, like it was a, it was a parlor (laughs) trick. The audience applauded. And they were like, this is fucking the best trick I've ever seen. And then they realized it was not part of the act. And that a little person was just, just got swallowed by a hippo. Yeah. <laughs> Amber, I don't feel like you're really 
telling a story. <laughs> like, how are these legends? They're urban legends. It is so weird that these are urban legends. <laughs> and I don't know why. And that's why I decided I was like, I'm going to put these two. These are just like random stories. Because they're silly. But for some reason, they're urban legends. And then the last one is actually creepier and is actual more like. So wait, but that's the end of the story? No, I'm not talking. Okay. <laughs> so a news article called. Hippo Eats Dwarf started circulating on the internet, and it caused many actual newspapers to print it as fact. Wait, so, like, is it real or is it a legend? (laughs) It's fake news. It's fake news. Sort of. Definitely. Who knows? Ewan Ferguson, writing in The Observer in 2003, said that the story is a marvelous metaphor for the reality of life. (laughs) the metaphor he came up with is life's not safe you can plan for disaster and the hippo can get you at any time (laughs) man i feel like the hippo's quarantine (laughs) the hippo is coronavirus according to snopes the hoax news story began circulating on the internet with an usenet post in 1994 The story was allegedly taken from National Lampoon's magazine, which in turn attributed it to Las Vegas Sun. However, from what I was seeing on the websites, there's actually no back issues that mention the story for either of those. Okay. So, like, where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from, Cotton Eye Joe? Exactly. (laughs) The story was set in in an Australian... The story was set in an Austrian circus. The hippo's name was Hilda, and the performer- Hilda the hippo? Hilda the hippo. Oh, do you think she was such a great performer? Oh, she so was. She They gave her a flower crown, for sure. Oh, that'd be so cute. Um, I just couldn't picture Fiona the hippo, but like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, the performer, performer's name was Franz Dosh. In 1999, a new version of the story appeared in the- Patea male in Thailand. The setting had changed to northern Thailand and the hippo was called Ode. So it's just like one of those things that just randomly pops up here and there yeah. with different places and different names. Yeah. Isn't that such a weird like story? So it's like the troll of the century. The Pattaya male, I think it's Patea. I'm not really sure how to pronounce Potato it. Potato male? Potato male. Okay. Um story was where Republished by several Australian papers, including the Daily Telegraph, the Advisor, and the Sunday Mail. The story even reached UK and the Manchester Evening News. <laughs> like, people legitimately thought this was a real story. And, and it I shows up that, periodically. I, like, you know, I think this just proves that, you know, as a reporter, you'd hope they do their research, but they really don't. <laughs> nope. <laughs> All right, now we're going to the creepy one. Okay. The creepier one. This is why you subscribe to the Marvel Force podcast. The creepier stories. Oh, I thought it was our banter. Um, I mean, <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> so I got that out of the way, and I am now going to tell you about the Bunny Man. The Bunny Man. I feel like I've heard this before. So, it's an urban legend originating from two incidents in Fairfax County, Virginia, in 1970. The story has since spread throughout the Washington, D.C. area, and the legend has a lot of variations like most urban legends do. Like, there's always weird variations of every story, but... Yeah. So, most stories occur around the Colchester Overpass in the Southern Railway Overpass near Clifton. It's a Southern Railway Overpass near Clifton, Virginia. And there's... Okay, and there's a man dressed like a Playboy bunny that hops along the (laughs) trail? That'd be hilarious. Okay. Oh wait, this is dark. So this I, is, so no, you reverse <laughs> the first two stories. You're like, how the fuck can I make these dark? Now the dark story, you're like, how can I make this funny? <laughs> in, in true my Marvel defense, fashion. In my defense, I feel like all statements were funny, but I'm just sorry that the statement for your dark story seemed to be more lighthearted than the ones that were made during your lighthearted stories. <laughs> it's fine. I love it. I okay. love it. So this. Overpass is often referred to as Bunny Man Bridge. I feel like I've heard this before. You may have. Virgins. Vir- virgins. Virgins. <laughs> Versions of the legend include um, different names for the Bunny Man, motives, weapons, victims, descriptions of the Bunny's costume. or Playboy lack, Bunny. Or lack thereof. 
Well, if it's a guy, it's a male playboy bunny, so he's just like in a man thong with a bunny tail and bunny ears. Love that. Oh, but he has to have the 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 cufflinks. Oh, and the cuffs for yeah. sure. Like sort of like a um a Chippendales. Yes. Cute. Yeah. And so some legends even had give him different like deaths. Um so let's get into it. All right. One version says that it is the spirit of an escaped mental mental patient named Douglas Griffin and that he haunts the overpass. According to local lore, this bridge is one of the most dangerous locations in northern Virginia. In Northern Virginia. If you hang around here at midnight on Halloween, you could end up butchered by the bunny man. Butchered by the bunny man? What does he butcher me with? That huge dick. Oh! Oh! (laughs) (laughs) We are the worst. We are the fucking worst. So, the story tells that in 1904, there was an asylum not too far from the bridge. Clifton residents didn't like the idea of mental patients near their new homes, so it got shut down. And all the patients were taken by bus to Lorton Prison. Oh. Yeah, you know, that's unfortunate. At least it's better than just releasing them into the wild and hoping them fend for themselves. Into the wild with their (laughs) animals. Well, it is the bunny man. That's true. Maybe the wolf man, the dog man. They were all, they all were part of this. Yeah. So the bus swerved and crashed. They were la- able to locate all of the inmates on the bus except for one. Dun, dun, dun. Douglas Griffin was nowhere to be found. He ended up living in the woods near the bridge and killed and ate rabbits. Makes to sense. To survive, you know. Yeah. Normal. Normal. He would then wear their skin and leave <sighs> their mutilated bodies hanging from trees. You know, to like dry out the meat? <laughs> Such a positive outlook. (laughs) One Halloween night, he was taunted by some children, and the bunny man killed and mutilated the children hanging their corpse from the tree near the bridge. Did he skin them and wear them as a bunny suit as well? Ew. Who knows? Well, he did that to the bunnies. I want to know if he did it to the children. Um, It doesn't sound like it. Okay. Another version of the same story says that the kids were not tormenting him, but they were hanging out on the bridge and they saw a orb or a flash of bright light. And then in a swift motion, they were all strung up and gutted hanging from the trees. Just like a snap of fingers. Yeah. Just like, ooh, or boom, dead. So like who was witnessing that if they're all dead? I don't know. Did the bunny man go to the news? Yeah. Maybe the bunny man was like, hey, I just need you guys to know about this guy's and these children's last moments. It was very quick, don't worry. Another similar version says that he is the ghost of an escapee from a long-closed asylum dressed in a rabbit suit and that he throws axes, hatchets, or even chainsaws at cars of young couples who pass the bridge late at night. Can you imagine? All of a sudden, like, an axe just gets thrown (laughs) at your fucking car? I'm going to paint you a picture. All right. You're on a date. First date? Mm, We'll go first date. Yeah, we'll go first date because it'll be funnier. You're on the first date... With this new guy, you've been talking to him for a while. He's really cute. You seem to really like him. You're really hitting it off. We're going back to his house. Got it. Yeah, you're going back to his house for a drive. And while you're driving over this overpass, fucking hatchets and chainsaws and axes just get thrown Wait, at your a fucking chainsaw? car. I missed the chainsaw. Yes, you missed the chainsaw. Oh, sometimes he throws a chainsaw. Like, what kind of shit is that? You just hucking and chucking a chainsaw in my car? You look out the window. And there's a man dressed in a bunny suit getting ready to throw another hatchet at the car. <laughs> like, even just thinking of it being like, you know, let's let's think of the classic Easter bunny that children across the world are terrified of because it, it is the most terrifying bunny person you have ever seen in your entire life. Yeah, imagine an Easter bunny costume. That yeah. makes it fucking worse, honestly. <laughs> Because they're supposed to look so innocent and cute, and you look over and he's throwing fucking hatchets at your car. Yeah, covered in blood. Fucking terrifying. Yeah. That's the worst date. At least it's a memorable date. Like, if you survive. Yeah, um, well, like, I hope, like, maybe his, like, you know, he hasn't really practiced his axe throwing, so, like, you know, maybe the handle hits your car and it just dents something. You know, like, the axe doesn't fly through a window or something. first, like... First practice. First attempt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Some accounts claim that he escaped from hell and is bent on avenging the murder of his wife and children who were killed nearby. 
Other accounts say that he appears on Halloween each year to commemorate his death. How did he die? I don't know. Oh, we don't know how he died? He just shows up on Halloween. He's like, I died today. I mean, there was a lot of different versions of the story, and I just tried to limit it down. But I didn't ever see anyone that mentioned how he died. Yeah. It's a mystery. That's the urban legend. Ooh. Ooh. So the urban legend of the bunny man is not entirely true. Oh, boo. Boo. Um, For one, there was never an asylum, asylum in Clifton. And for another, 1904 was awfully early time for buses to be on roads. Apparently. Oh, okay. According to this one website I was on. Yeah. But it has been said that every urban legend is based on a kernel of truth. A kernel. So. Just a small kernel. You know that kind of kernel that gets stuck in your teeth when you eat popcorn? Yeah. That, that kernel. kernel. Specifically. It's specifically that kernel. Of truth. Of truth. <laughs> the Brian kernel Connelly. of truth. We're going to talk about Brian Conley now. Okay. Brian Conley is the guy who set out to find the truth. Okay. He is an archivist. Archivist? How do you say that? I don't know. Archi- he, he does archives. Okay. For the Fairfax County government. And in the 1990s, he worked at the county's library system as a historian. And people would always come and ask him if the bunny man was real. Oh, yeah. Because that's your job at the library. Yeah, yeah, you gotta know if the bunny man's real. No, thanks. So, he got tired. His quote, direct quote says, we simply got tired of having to say, I don't know. So, Conley started digging, and he found what he calls the Bunny Man Legends Genesis event. Okay. Here's what he discovered. In 1970, a couple was parked in a driveway not far from a train overpass when they had a terrifying encounter. Someone appeared very quickly, yelling at something having to do with them trespassing and threw a hatchet at the car okay conley explains that they didn't get a very good look at the person all they really got was he was dressed in white or a light colored clothing and may or may not have had something on his head okay when the story made the papers that something on his head became bunny ears okay from there he says the story morphed very quickly part of this section could be it morphing and it could be what happened and this is just kind of recounting what already i told you yeah the story detailed the harrowing experience of an air force cadet who went parking mm, parking parking with a girl on guinea road in fairfax the military man told um that he saw a man in a white suit i thought you said he's told the news that he just wanted a blowjob from his girlfriend i mean obviously he did (laughs) um so he was said that he saw a man in a white suit with long bunny ears throwing a hatchet through the car's windshield and then skipping off into the night oh just skippity doo (laughs) da could you imagine um so now picture that on your date okay um you get a hatchet thrown at your car well, I was through. distracted because I'm the woman in the scenario. Yeah. Well, you, you, <laughs> imagine that. All of a sudden, the guy you're with goes, okay. holy shit. You sit up really fast and you get a little lightheaded. <laughs> you look out the window and you see a bunny. A bunny. E- looking like the Easter bunny. Looking like the Easter bunny. He throws a hatchet. Wearing his vest, throwing a hatchet oh, yeah. at me. At the car. Yeah. And then he hops away. Okay, hops. I like hops better. Skips away? No, I like hops. He hops. Like, literally hops. Yes. Like, two feet together, hops. Yes, away. Away. Into the dark forest. Into the dark forest. I feel like I'd be like, I'd be like, did I do drugs? <laughs> Can we get out of here? <laughs> what the fuck? The bunny man made another appearance. According to the Post, on October 30th, 1970, okay, neighbors on Guinea Road uh, reported seeing a man in a bunny suit hacking away at a house under construction with a hatchet. So he just walks up to this house and he just starts <laughs> trying to, like, break into it, pretty much? Mm-hmm. Or, like, just destroy it for shits and giggles? I guess so. Confronted by a security guard, the bunny ran off. Hopped off. Hopped off. He hopped yep. away. He hopped away. 
police investigated but never found any evidence. He doesn't go evidence. that fast, though, but, like, he oh, does no. hop away. He hops. I mean, you could probably catch up to him, but, like, at one point, you just kind of let him... You just let him go. Yep. Uh, police investigated but never found any evidence of a bunny man in the area. After a few weeks, the case was filed away um, and kind of forgotten. Okay. Within a few years, children were swapping stories about the man in the bunny suit chasing kids through the woods with hatchets. Other versions include some of what I told you previously, and then so the story kind of just kept getting more and more imaginative. Yeah. Another thing that Brian Conley found is that might have been part of some of the accounts for the Bunny Man story happened in February 1949. It made the headlines for months that the of the gruesome slaying of a mother and her eight-month-old baby girl. Oh. The two were found in a shallow grave in Fairfax after disappearing during a car ride with the husband. Police well, it's the husband's fault, duh. <laughs> Obviously, he's the bunny man. Yeah. Police found the victims in a shallow grave. The woman had been beaten and shot, and the baby girl was buried alive. Mm. The husband and father was eventually arrested, convicted, and sent to a mental institution. Today, the bunny man legend has traveled far beyond far Fairfax County, there are Bunny Man t-shirts, Bunny Man beer, and a Bunny Man horror movie franchise. There's a Bunny Man horror movie franchise? Apparently. I'm intrigued. We should find it. We should. As Connolly researched the truth of the story, the Bunny Man has circulated online. Some refuse to believe he's telling the truth. There are some people out there that are convinced that the story is true as told. So Connolly says that he, they think that he and Fairfax County are trying to cover something up. Hmm. All versions of the bunny man are kind of equally creepy. Yeah. I'm looking at, um, so the, we have, uh, the original bunny man and then we have bunny man vengeance. Oh, and then we have bunny man massacre. Oh God. I think those are the three movies. Probably. But yes, uh, he's pretty much dressed like literally an Easter bunny with a fucking chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's more comical than like I had pictured in my mind. Yeah, me too. I thought it'd be a little creepier. Like more like the bunny would look like um, Donnie Darko. Mm. Like One. creepier. Where's the creepiest fucking bunny from the stores? <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Like when you go to the mall and get a picture with the Easter Bunny. Yeah. Um. Do I just type in mall? Mall Easter Bunny. Not your average mall Easter Bunny. These Easter Bunnies look all so nice and caring. Come on, where's the terrifying bunny? <laughs> they look nice and caring. Yeah. What about the costume makes them look caring? I don't know. Well, I'm almost done, so I'm just gonna read you this last like. Okay, sentence and I'm a gonna half. find the Easter Bunny I'm talking about. Okay. All right. Um, all versions of the Bunny Man are creepy, but it makes the Bunny Man Bridge a popular spot for police to stake out on Halloween night to chase off trespassers. Well, of course. Uh, the Bunny Man Bridge was featured in the Fox documentary, Scariest Places on Earth. Oh, it was. Maybe so I'll get to that. Maybe that's where you've heard it or will hear it. Yeah. So those are my weird urban legends. I think I'd like to do more urban legends, but like... I didn't want to do all of the creepy urban legends all right off the bat because I really wanted to tell you the funny ones because I thought they were great. Yeah. But I'm thinking about doing a few more of them. They might even be mini episodes on our um, Patreon. Patreon. You never know. I didn't find the bunny I was looking for. Like, I have I kind a... kind of know what like, you're talking about. Let though. me go to my parents' house and find an Easter photo. Okay. Scary. Like, 90s mall Easter bunny. Her I know what you mean. Like, with the little vest, it's, like, orangish. Yeah. And, like, the face looks more like an actual fucking bunny, but, like, they tried to make it look, like, human-like. Yeah. Like, now they're clearly going more cartoony. Yes. But, like, definitely the bunny used to look like a fucking actual bunny in the face, and yes. it was terrifying. I know exactly what you mean. Yes. But that's it. That's what I got for you. That's awesome. My favorite story was the baby train. The baby train, right? Yeah. I like Human Sent a Baby. Human Sent a Baby, um, new franchise. <laughs> oh. Uh. Uh. But, yeah, Amber's story was really cool. 
And I guess um, my story is probably not as cool as always. Apparently, apparently, I just suck at writing stories. Um, Jesse, don't be so down on yourself. I'll try to not be. It'll be really nice to hear you retell my stories, though, when really drunk. I love that. I'm okay. so excited. So we are going to Memphis, Tennessee, and we are going to be talking about the Orpheum Theater. Okay. So the Orpheum sits at Main and Beale Streets. In the late 1800s, it was originally a home of the Grand Opera House. In October of 1923, just 30 minutes after a musical performance, a fire broke out and completely destroyed the Opera House. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Well, at least they, like, finished the show. At least they finished the show. Because, okay, so, but, like, if a fire broke out during the performance, the show must go on, right? Theoretically. Theoretically, yes. So, it was burnt down for a long time. It took four years and at a cost of $1.6 million, or today, $23.5 million, to build a 2,800-seat theater on the site, making it the largest theater in the Orpheum circuit. Apparently, it's like a circuit of theaters. I don't really quite understand that. Franchise. Franchise. Orpheum franchise. So, the Orpheum Theater was built in 1928 in Beige Brick, a five-story building complete with balcony and a fifth-floor gallery. Inside, showcases are very large high ceiling with 2,000-pound chandeliers and a gold leafing everywhere. Ooh. I know. Very bougie. Very fancy. I know. I had to come out with the fancy. Well, you know, we haven't had fancy in a while. No. Because it's been a few months. Like, I haven't even been, like dressing fancy break out that gold leaf yeah so eventually the great depression took a toll on businesses around america the orpheum was taken over by malco theaters okay and became the first a first run movie house from 1940 to 1976 unfortunately everything in downtown memphis became pretty desolate in the late 1970s and people stopped attending the orpheum the theater was on the verge of being torn down But a group of concerned citizens, you know. Probably like the same citizens that try to save the drive-in sign. You know, people do just like, it looks cool. It's history. Yeah. Concerned citizens formed the Memphis Development Foundation in effort to revitalize not just this building, but the whole downtown area. And uh, the theater was renamed the Orpheum again. And the plan was to bring Broadway tours and live theater back. They were like, we need to spice up our city. We need to bring it back. Yeah. Bring in tourists. Yes. And bring back Broadway. Broadway. Da 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 da. And then they all broke out into song. And Hamilton. Do you think the theater was when everyone was like not doing Broadway on it anymore? It was singing, You'll be back. Soon you'll see. Yes. You remember you belong to me. Yes. <laughs> You'll be back. <laughs> Time will tell. With five million dollars and some, I don't know, style. Ghost. <laughs> Ghost. So, it's, it, it was five million dollars to revitalize the theater once again, or 13.2 million dollars. Wow. Raised by the Memphis community in 1982 to completely renovate the theater and return it to the 1928 style. Okay. That's kind of cool. I know, right? You want to bring back like that vintage, fun theater atmosphere. Yes. So now the theater currently runs shows all the time. It is very popular. And according to various psychic research done in this theater, there seems to be at least seven spirits that have made their home here. Oh, seven. Seven. Okay. So... Memphis historian Vincent Astor, along with other researchers and patrons, have used seances and Ouija boards, questionable, uh, to find some names of the spirits that reside in the theater. Some of the names include David, Mary, and Eleanor. A variety of strange, unexplained incidents at the Orpheum have convinced many of the people who have been associated with the theater that the place is haunted. 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 Uh, workmen have seen a theater door fly open and then shut all by itself while, like, you know, just, like, minding their own business, trying to, like, work on shit. They're tiling the floors. Yeah. 
they're just you and know, then the ghost is just slamming the door and you're like excuse you like that's very distracting you know i'm sorry if you don't like the tile that was picked out but this is the tile we got this is the tile of the 1928 theater so hopefully you were around during then I'm sorry if it's not the exact replica. We couldn't get the same tile. Yeah. That's probably why they're pissed, right? They want the exact same shit. Yeah. They're like, this doesn't look anything like it was back in 1928. That's definitely, it's a grumpy old ghost. Yep. While trying to repair the theater's organ one late night, a repairman became frustrated and decided he needed a break. After locking up, he went to get some coffee and... Shortly returned after his cup of coffee, feeling refreshed, to find that something or someone had already fixed the problem with the organ. I mean, like... Helpful. That's helpful. It's good for him. He doesn't have to do any more work. Like, done. He was like, you know, I'm sick of this. I'm angry. I need to walk away. Yeah. And then he comes back and a friendly ghost was just like, you know, I got this for you. You're, you've been working so late tonight and you know what? I can just do, I can do this for you. Like I can see, like I can see into the organ right now. So I'm just going to like touch, touch and dupe and like, and done. Done. Touch and touch and dupe. Touch and touch and dupe. That's how, how ghosts fix things. Yep. It, it, it literally is touch and touch and dupe. Yep. <laughs> Another story is a homeless person was mistakenly locked somehow in the fifth, like, he had snuck in and he got locked in to the fifth floor gallery by the night watchman. Oh, God. And suddenly the night watchman heard a terrifying scream, the sound of feet flying down five flights of stairs, which were in total darkness and crashing open of the entrance of the doors at the gallery. And supposedly the terrified person never stopped running and never turned around. Oh, so they were locked in. Yeah. And then they saw something happened. Yes. We don't know why. We don't know what. But something scared them so fucking much that they dipped. Literally me. If anything scared me and I was alone in a dark fucking place, I'd be like, I don't even care. I'm running down all these flights of stairs in the pitch dark, busting through this fucking door. I don't even care if it's locked. I'm busting through it. Yeah. Well, I think it may have something to do with, like, he was homeless and wanted, like, something warmer to sleep for the night and, like, snuck in and, like, well, like, no one's going to find me up here on the fifth floor. So. And then something found him. Something did find him. So, he, the, the homeless man was so scared that he knocked a door that, he busted the door off its hinges on, yeah, on the fifth floor. Because, so, shit was real. Something fucking jumped out at him. Yeah. Grabbed him. Spooked him. Grabbed his face and screamed. Oh. Oh. It was like, it's like the theater masks. Oh, yeah. And then he was standing by the door and he fell backwards onto the door. Yeah. And then rolled down the stairs. (laughs) Well, I hope he didn't roll down the stairs. I feel like someone who rolls down five flights of stairs isn't running after that. I agree. Unless adrenaline. Yeah. Another night when the theater's alarm system was off, uh, police with canine units came to investigate. The highly trained dogs refused to enter the theater. Ooh, that's not creepy. Yeah. And lay down on the ground refusing to go inside. Oh. Yeah. Me. Yeah, You're going to lay down on the ground and be like, nope. It's like you're gonna like throw a temper tantrum like a small child and lay down on the ground yeah, and be like, like you nope. pulling me into a haunted place and you're like Amber, let's go and I'm like, oh, let's just lay down here. Like this is good here. So like if I, what if there was no ground? Where am I? On a boat. Okay. Creepy. I'll lay on the dock. You're gonna lay on the dock. You're not gonna even get onto the boat. <laughs> the first thing I thought of was like, I we're in fucking midair for some reason. It's a haunted plane. You're like, there's it's a haunted no plane. We have to take off for it to feel haunted. <laughs> Performers have often or offered the most frequent descriptions of the ghost. Uh, stories about flickering lights, uh, tools. It says tools emptied into commodes, and I thought it meant a toilet, but apparently it means a dresser. <laughs> I would think a commode is a, usually what people call a toilet. Right? So maybe they're throwing tools into the toilet. I think they're throwing tools into the toilet. Yeah. That makes the most sense to me. Like, they're so just the throwing ghost... them into a dresser doesn't make sense. Yeah. So they're throwing tools into a toilet. 
Um, and then door swinging open, uh, open and shutting very loudly. It almost sounds like the ghost is a toddler. Um, I'm gonna flush down things down the toilet. If I remembered this story, I'd tell you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I wrote this like a month or more ago. Okay. So, one of the ghosts uh, that we had spoke to earlier is Eleanor. Uh, she is referred to as the unhappy spirit. So oh, she's no. probably the one slamming doors and being grumpy. Uh, she has been seen in the foyer of the balcony. The repairman, a repairman has described a cold feeling in the balcony, like putting your hand in a tub full of raw liver. Ew. Uh, how do you even know what a tub of raw liver why feels like? Why is that like? the description? And like, why is it that the cold feeling? Like, you couldn't say, like, like jumping into a f- ice-cold pool. Well, maybe it's, like, a slimy feeling. Ew. Because, like, I assume meat's, like, if it's cold and jumping feels slimy. Jumping into a pool of raw meat. Ew. Oh, raw Ew. meat pool. Ew. Disgusting. Who wants a raw meat pool? Lady Gaga. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but he doesn't believe that Eleanor is a malefic... Maleficent? (laughs) A malevolent spirit. He thinks, like, she's, like, sort of, like, grumpy, doesn't want people around, but he doesn't think she's mean. Do you think that she was a Broadway actress who was the understudy for the big show? Uh, The the last big show before, like, the understudy night? Because, you know, that happens in theater where they, like, will do a show with all the understudies. Yeah. You know... The next show was the understudy show, and, and the, theater the theater burned, burned down. down. Oh, oh, and she's mad because that was her big break. She never got to perform the part that she practiced so hard for. It was her big break, Amber. It was her big break, and then like she was just denied everything. Yeah, maybe that's what happened. Maybe. So one of the other spirits spirits mentioned earlier is David. Um, he is the known male spirit and is believed to be waiting to escort uh, Mary, one of the other spirits, to the other side. Oh. Mary refuses to leave her beautiful old theater. However, he cannot leave either and is therefore spending eternity in the theater with her. So they're like a mismatch of friends. Yeah. You're, you're like, come on, let's go. It's like... It's like trying to get your drunk friend that the the drunk friend that disappears when you go out somewhere to come home. Yeah, it's like the the drunk friend. So your your drunk friend is out. They're having bar. such a good time, and all of a sudden you show up. And you're like, "All right, I'm your DD. Let's get the fuck out of here." And you're like, "No, I'm having such a good time. Like, look at like, all these friends I made. One more dance. One more dance." And she goes out and she dances, and then she's like, "I'm not done dancing." I'm still not done dancing. I'm st- this is the same dance, but it's like six songs later. Yeah. And she's just like, no, I said one more dance, like when I was done dancing. Yeah. She's just like, like the sassy drunk friend and David's just sick of her bullshit. Yeah. So the most frequent ghost that is seen is Mary. Cause, uh, so I guess she's not a drunk girl. She's a 12 year old girl. Okay. Well, she's a drunk 12 year old. She's a drunk 12-year-old girl. I guess we were just describing an attitude. You know, yeah, it's we the were, attitude. It's not, it's not the child. It's the attitude. That could be a 12-year-old attitude. Like, you yeah. know, when, like, you go to a sleepover party. Yeah. And your parents are like, all right, I'm coming to pick you up at noon. And you're like, no, I don't want to get picked up. I want to spend the night again. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, like, you and your friend lock yourselves in your her bedroom. And so you don't have to go home. Yeah. Mary was uh, killed in an accident in front of the Grand Opera House, but other stories say that she may have died in the fire in 1923. Okay. And then there are, like, so, like most stories, there's multiple versions of it. Uh, Another one is that she fell off the balcony to her death. Oh, that's terrifying. So maybe, like, David's her father and it's like, come on, like, let's go. Maybe David's her father. Does it say how old David is? No. Maybe he's like her friend? Yeah, I don't know. He's just trying to get her to go. You know, like, I'll be happier over here. And she goes, well, I'm so used to this. Yeah, I think David's more like her, old, maybe her older brother. Oh, yeah, definitely. But 
So, but most people do, like, in most stories, suggest that she was injured in the accident in front of the building, like a car accident, while others say that she was hit by a trolley and carried inside where she died. Oh, that sucks. But no matter how she died, she still haunts the theater nonetheless. Uh, Mary has been described by witnesses to have braided brown hair and a white dress and is a little shy. She haunts the theater and she has a favorite seat during performances, which is seat C5 in the balcony. Oh. Yeah, it's her seat. Do you think they sell that seat? Or do you I feel like they can't they sell that seat. Open? They can't sell that seat anymore. No, they have to leave it open. But like, what if like all of a sudden, like it's a sold out show and all of a sudden you're sitting there and you're like, man, no one ever like fucking showed up and you're like so entranced with the show and then all of a sudden you look over and there's just like a little girl like like maybe her feet can't even touch the ground so her feet are just swinging back and forth and she's just watching the show creepy yeah i'd be like where did this little girl come from i don't know if i think that was weird or not depending on what she's like if her date like her clothes look like they're dated yeah and then then i'll be like is this part of the show because there was no one sitting here like when (laughs) like where did they come from do they come from the other side of the aisle like yeah i didn't see anyone stand up and do that awkward like someone's coming through shuffle (laughs) so a psychic yoel brenner saw mary sitting quietly in her seat dressed in her 20s style white dress so uh, yeah she will feel out of place right now during that time the king and i was playing at the orpheum theater so that's just like a time that he saw her other some cast members during Fiddler of the Roof have seen her sitting in her seat enjoying the show as well. Okay. Her blank stare and appearance have upset some of those who have seen her, but Mary has never disrupted a performance. Oh, she's like, I want to just fucking watch the show. Yeah. I'm blankly staring because I just want to watch the show. Yeah. She's not interested in talking to you. She's not interested in discussing plot points with you. She wants to fucking watch the show. Yeah. She wants to watch Fiddler on the Roof. Yeah. So, after opening night of Filler on the Roof, some of the cast held a seance in the balcony and made contact with Mary. Do you think they did it by, like, her seat? Yeah, of course. That would be, like, the easiest way to do it. Yeah. Like, they surrounded her seat, held hands. Yeah. And had a seance. Yes. So, but that night, during the seance, a woman patron patron and her group of fellow theater goers, as I apparently wrote this, saw Mary dancing in the lobby and then vanish before their eyes. So. Okay. She has played childish pranks on housekeepers. And, uh, oh, yeah. Okay, so, so this makes more sense now. <laughs> she, uh, so she, like, when she's not sitting there watching them perform, she plays childish pranks on housekeepers by taking the housekeeper's tools and putting them in the toilet. There we so go. So it is toilet. It's the toilet. It is the toilet. And and that's like so and there's like still like four other ghosts in the theater, but these are the main ghosts. Okay. So she's like, This housekeeper's cleaning, I'm gonna take her fucking feather duster and dunk it in the toilet. Yeah. Wouldn't it be funny if it was soaking wet? Wouldn't it be wet? funny if it was soaking wet and she couldn't dust anymore? Huh. <laughs> so funny. And then David's like, Mary, come on, like, let's go. Like, I wanna leave. I'm sick of being here. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So, that is the story of the Orpheum Orpheum Theater in Memphis, Tennessee. That's a fun one. Yeah, I thought it was a good a good start. Yeah. I Even though it. I didn't reread my story before, you know, I usually do when it's been so long since I You know, that's okay. recorded. I enjoyed it. Wow. Wasn't that just a great episode? It was so lovely. I really enjoyed the baby train. You know, the theater that you talked about too orpheum theater orpheum theater (laughs) fantastic i really liked the part about the little girl and the theater chair yeah that they say for her yeah you should definitely re-listen to that i should re-listen to this episode (laughs) (laughs) but uh thank you for joining us on our first episode back yeah we well this is not like the first first episode back this is us recording the intro and outro (laughs) thank you for joining us as we come back to podcasting yeah and we hope you enjoyed it we hope you are looking forward to all the new episodes and things that we have to come but we do have some great things to talk about uh in the future i know 
both of us have a lot of stories that are in process. Yes, a lot of stories in process. Um, like I know I watched a lot of ghost adventures and our uh, as 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 the first episode, I fucking love ghost adventures. Um, but that is that for this podcast. So episode episode not the whole podcast don't panic <laughs> we don't just come back for one episode this is, this is season two of the podcast <laughs> oh. check back for season three <laughs> this is the whole season two <laughs> um oh. but we're glad to be back and we have made things a lot easier for you to find us if you enjoyed this episode please rate review and subscribe to our podcast of course we are still everywhere still everywhere and if, if we're, we're not, not, because we also uh, haven't done podcasting in three years, uh, let us know. Please let us know. And like we talked about earlier, we will be starting a YouTube channel and things like maybe a Twitch. So keep on the lookout for that. Yes. And you will find that information all in our link tree um, at MFCast. Um, and you can find a link to all of the sources where you can listen to our podcast at our socials and in the future you'll be able to find some links to patreon and twitch and youtube and anything else we decide to put on there yeah anything else so um um thank you to jesse's cousin cameron cameron who did our music and, and jenna who did our artwork for our logo um and and that's it. That's it. Don't tempt fate by only listening to season two of The Marble Forest. <laughs> Perfect. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>